Welcome back. Thank you for stopping by for another episode of Unbashful. And as the title suggests, this will be a full discussion of The Flash. And at this point, if you haven't seen the film, you're probably not that interested or you're probably not you know, jumping out the gate to see this film as soon as possible. So we will be talking spoilers. That is your warning. If you haven't seen the film yet, go watch it, come back, and join the discussion. So let's just not waste any time. Let's get right into it. First question, I've written up some notes. Was this a good movie? And I think the answer is yes. In fact, I think it was a very good film. And it's probably the best DC Cinematic Universe film I think we've ever had. However, the bar isn't exactly that high to exceed something like that. Yes, the you know the, the, the DCEU has had some hits, depending on who you ask. Some people love Man of Steel. It's a very divisive film. You talk to one person, they'll love it. You talk to another, they think it's a terrible Superman film, whatever. There's been, you know, the Suicide Squad, you know, Batman v Superman. It's been a mixed bag. I think we can all agree. So, in my opinion, as a cinematic universe film, that means I'm not comparing this to films like Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. I don't think this even touches any of those films. Not even The Dark Knight Rises, personally. I don't think it's better than The Batman from last year. I don't think it's better than Joker. I'm comparing it to the likes of, like I said, you know, Aquaman, Man of Steel, Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's obviously way better than the Joss Whedon cut of Justice League. So to me, I think this is the best cinematic universe film we've had in the DCEU. And I guess by extension now, starting the DCU. Well, sorry, this isn't the best film of the DCEU because we haven't even started the, the new cinematic. It, it's all it's all confusing. We, Anyways, point is, this film was firing on all cylinders. This is the first time that DC has felt connected, cohesive. There, the Flash references multiple times. Uh, he references other characters. He references the Justice League. It felt very much like the MCU in a way, you know, Every time you hear about the Avengers, uh, stuff like that. That's what it felt like. It felt like this was DC's first film where it truly felt like there are other... There's a connective tissue. And obviously, there's other characters that show up in this film. We have Wonder Woman, Batman. Uh, but but they served a purpose. They weren't just cheap cameos. They were meaningful. They meant something to the story. And it didn't take away from everything that was happening happening with Barry Allen. This is still very much his film. The trailers will lead you to believe that Michael Keaton was the co-lead of this film, and he's very much not. In fact, he's actually not in the movie for that much time, and neither is Sasha Kaye, Supergirl, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Next question. Performances, how were they? Ezra Miller, did a great job as both berries. I'm not going to get into the all, all, all the controversy and everything like that. I've, I've talked about it so many times. Today, we're strictly going to be talking about the movie, the, the art itself. We're not going to be talking about everything else. So, just want to make that clear. So, Ezra Miller did a great job in his performance as both berries. And I think this was a great decision for... The growth and maturity of the character, because so far, in the few appearances we've seen him uh, as Barry Allen in, in, I guess, 
I guess it's pretty much only the Justice League. I think he had a small cameo in in a couple of other things like Peacemaker and and, and the the first the David Ayer Suicide Squad, but I don't really count those because we saw the character for. 20 seconds of screen time so we've only really seen him in the justice league and to me he was very kind of quirky and you know silly and he was obviously the comedic relief out of the the team of the justice league characters there wasn't really much to work off of but having two berries in this film one our present berry and then a another berry that hasn't gone through the tragedy of losing his father, or excuse me, well, I guess, yeah, losing his father and his mother. He doesn't have his powers yet. He's, I think he's 18 in the film, so he's a lot younger. It presents a mirror to our current Barry, because now he's starting to see all the things about him that are quite, you know, obnoxious and annoying that he's probably never realized about himself, and that he probably realizes, like, oh, this probably annoys and, and pisses off a lot of people. So I think that that allows for a lot of growth and maturity in the character. It's almost like when you look back at an old video or, or, or a photo of yourself and you think, what the fuck was I thinking? Whether you're wearing some you know, corny outfit that totally wasn't meant for you or you're, you were just doing something stupid. It's, it's sort of like that. But in real time, he's seeing these actions happen in front of him with this younger version of himself. So I think that was great. And I think Ezra Miller did a great job as, as both characters, as the, as the current Barry and the, uh, and the, and the younger Barry. Uh, Michael Keaton, there's really not much I can say about Michael Keaton. Uh, I've seen the, the I've seen both of his films. I've seen Batman and uh, you know Batman '89, and then Batman Returns. I didn't grow up in that era when his films came out. So to me, my Batman is Christian Bale. So him showing up in this film wasn't wasn't the the same kind of feeling I got when let when somebody like Andrew Garfield showed up in you know. Uh, no Way Home, for example. Like It was cool to see Michael Keaton. It's cool to see an older, jaded version uh, uh, of the character. But I don't have this affinity for him like some people do, just simply because I didn't grow up in that era. So for me, like it was cool, it was fun, but I, I didn't like, it wasn't, I wasn't jumping out of my seat when he showed up on screen, and my audience wasn't either. Like There was a couple of people that were like, oh, but nobody was like, you know, screaming and, and, and shouting like No Way Home. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just don't have the same appreciation for this version of the character. Still, cool to see him. Not in the film nearly as much as you might think, though. Uh, ben Affleck. Take that even further. He's in the film for probably about five minutes. But I loved it. And it's, it's a real shame when it comes to Ben Affleck because... If he had if he had had a better experience shooting the Justice League, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, read up on it. When he was shooting the Justice League, he he said many times that film, that production was one of his worst experiences ever, uh, and 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 it drove him back into into drinking, and it just it sent him down a really dark path, and uh, it's it's part of the reason why he quit playing the character. So. If he would have had a better experience on that film, we might have gotten another four or five appearances of him playing this character. Maybe even that film that was going to come out that was written by him and Jeff Johns, that script is still sitting on some shelf somewhere. 
and we're never going to get that, at least not anytime soon. So it's a damn shame because I think he had the most potential out of all the actors that played this character. He probably he's kind of like I look at him as like Andrew Garfield, right? We we didn't get him for very long, but I think as time goes on, people are going to look back at his films and think, "Damn, I wish we would have got one more with him." I think that's that's sort of how I feel with Ben Affleck. But yeah, once going back to what I was saying. He's not in the film for very long, and you can tell he's, once again, he's kind of like this mentor figure to, to Barry, and they talk about time travel, and, you know, Bruce Wayne warns Barry about the potential consequences. He says, I think he says in the trailer, if you step on a, a, a blight of grass, you know, you could start off a, a chain event, so like a ripple effect, so, you know, it was cool, uh, but we didn't see that much of him. Would have liked to see more of him. And uh, if this is truly the last time we see Ben Affleck as this character, I think they did. I think they they sent him off in a in a very good way. Um, he gets in the car, kind of gives that little smile to Barry, and he drives off into the into the uh, into the night. So if that is the last time we see Ben Affleck as Batman, I think it was a pretty good last appearance. Although I think at some point. We'll probably see him again in, in something. Who knows? But if this is the last time, I think they did it well. Is that it? Uh, we'll get Nasasha Kai in a second. So the next question I've written out here is what stood out in this film? Actually, before I get into that, by the way, if you hear a little uh, like crack crackling sound in the background that, quite frankly, probably sounds like a fart... <laughs> it's not the chair I'm sitting on. I'm not in my usual setup right now. I'm, I'm on the road. I'm actually at my girlfriend's house. I'm sitting in this chair and it's kind of like every time I lean back, there's like a little, a little crack sound. So ignore that <laughs> getting back here. So what stood out? Good things and bad things. First thing that stood out to me. Uh, so when it comes to Sasha Kaye as Supergirl, her character felt very underdeveloped. And that's because she was in the film for such a short amount of time, as was Michael Keaton. The performances were good, but there's really not much to go off of. So my theory is that the film originally was going to set up Michael Keaton's Batman as Sasha Kai's Super... I mean, I don't, I don't even think this is a theory. I think this is, this is what was going to happen. This was the original plan. I think the original plan was that... Sasha Kai, Supergirl, Michael Keaton's Batman were going to have a much bigger role in this film, and this film, at the end, was going to probably set them up to be the main headlining heroes moving forward alongside, you know, Barry and Aquaman and whoever else is sticking around at that point. Clearly, things change once Peter Safford and James Gunn, you know, took over, and I think what probably happened was that James Gunn totally Andy Muschietti when they were probably in the editing room floor, he said, okay, you're going to have to take out a lot of their scenes in the film, cut a lot of stuff out, probably rework some things so we're not making any false promises. And I, I could tell that that's probably what happened. Because I'll be honest with you, in my opinion, the least interesting part of this film, the chunk of the film that I was... That I, that I found the least interesting was everything involving Michael Keaton and Sasha Kaye and General Zod. And I know for some of you that might be your favorite part of the film. But for me, I just found it kind of inconsequential. Because when it's all said and done, they both die. Maybe in inconsequential might be the wrong way to describe it. Because afterwards, Barry, Barry kind of realizes that 
we can't just keep going in this loop and some things you can't go back and you can't go back in time and fix some things are just the way they are and then he realizes that with his mom and everything else so maybe inconsequential was the wrong way to put it but to me i just i don't know i i i think i would have liked to, to have seen more of just barry in and the other barry just kind of doing their thing i just i don't know to point is is that i could i could really tell that their their original intention andy muschietti's original intention was to involve these characters uh and, and and give them a much bigger role in the film and i could tell that they've things were edited and things were minimized to a great degree so that's something that stood out to me next thing that stood out to me was every time we saw both berries on screen the face replacement cgi effects were painfully noticeable it was so rough sometimes especially when they're both in the shot together the camera is is like trying to track you know or, or, or rather focus on on each character's face and i can just always tell who's the double who's ezra miller it was it was rough and i know there's a lot of people saying the visual effects were bad i'll be honest with you i think the visual effects for the most part are actually pretty good most of the complaining is about things that are inevitable like the chrono bowl that is obviously going to be a cgi heavy uh aspect of the film there's just no way around it you're dealing with the multiverse and you're seeing these timelines like things like that don't bother me i i don't expect perfection and to me it otherwise like the action scenes everything looked pretty good there's a couple of moments that are a bit jarring like for example in the, the beginning of the film when barry's saving all those all those babies which is an incredible scene by the way but when he's saving all the babies the babies all look fake <laughs> i mean obviously but it was like clear like it was like animation almost like a cartoon when he's moving around the babies in in, in the speed force and he puts one in the microwave um but generally speaking for the most part i think the visual effects look good when they needed to look good the moments where they should look good like everything with barry and the speed force and when he's when he's actually running as the flash i think everything like that looked good i just think it was every time we saw both him and the other barry on screen the visual effects were pretty rough when it came to the whole face you know thing that's me so what else do i have here uh, well yeah so the last thing to me that stood out was the actual suit the flash suit so it's obviously different it's a new suit compared to the one that he had in the in the justice league it looks a lot different i think it looked really bad in the trailers and i didn't like the i didn't like the the, the helmet that he was wearing i thought it looked cheap like something from the dollar store but as soon as I watched the film, it quickly grew on me once I saw him moving around in it and I actually saw it in action. And every time he used it, the suit, there's like little kind of creases in the suit that would light up orange when he was using his power. So the suit looked bad in the trailers, but once I watched the film, it actually stood out to me. And I actually, by the end of it, I actually think it looks pretty good. So, all right, let's get into the next question that I've written out here. Does it wrap up? the Snyderverse kinda yes and no and I, I'm gonna be honest with you I'm, I'm actually kind of confused by the time the movie ends it seems pretty clear that Ben Affleck is done 
probably Wonder Woman. Cyborg is Cyborg, Cyborg's been done for a while. That actor, he's he's been he's spoken against Warner Brothers for a very long time, and he's he's accused Joss Whedon of being this terrible director. So I that he's obviously done as well, but. Barry is sticking around. Seems like Aquaman is sticking around. So it doesn't. I would say it wraps up the Snyderverse for some characters, but some characters are sticking around. It's kind of confusing, to be honest with you. And I guess that leads us to the next topic: is the post-credit scene. So there's two. Um, there's there's been discussion that some screenings of this film only have one post-credit scene. Some have none uh for me i had two post-credit scenes when i saw this film and the first of which is obviously uh wait which one was first was it the george clooney one or was it the yeah okay yeah so the first post-credit scene i think at least for me was the george clooney cameo i had heard about this in the rumor mill months ago so i wasn't like blown away when it happened and i thought it was funny now does this mean that George Clooney is going to be the main Batman in the DCU moving forward. I don't think so. I think to me this was just a just a funny, probably supposed to be an unexpected cameo for a lot of people. And I just think that's pretty much the, the fullest extent. I think it's just a funny acknowledgement to the people that have been a fan of Batman for so long and know how corny and how goofy that one film with George Clooney was. I don't think there's going to be anything beyond that. However, you could make the argument that this is the main Batman moving forward. Then again, I mean, who knows? I mean, James Gunn says this resets everything, but does it really reset everything? Like, I went into the theater with a lot of questions. I came out with some answers, absolutely, but I also left with new questions. So, once again, it goes back to this discussion of, of this whole reboot that James Gunn is doing with DC. I don't think it's a full reboot. I think it's like a half reboot. But I, when it comes to Batman, I, I, I'm not too sure. I'm just thinking out loud. I would probably lean towards saying, we will get another Batman. And this is probably just a funny cameo. But you, you know, logically, I wouldn't, I wouldn't raise an eyebrow if 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 you do think that this is going to be the main batman moving forward because it would just make sense according to james gunn's logic he said multiple times that this film resets everything and we we can tell that at the end of this film we are in a new universe we do still have aquaman uh uh as as you know jason momoa we have obviously this version of barry um, we don't we don't exactly know what's going on with Wonder Woman. We're obviously getting a new Superman with Superman Legacy. So, so kind of confusing. So, okay, bottom line, does it wrap up the Snyderverse? I guess I would say yes, kind of. And what's the future of DC? I don't exactly know. <laughs> that, like, I expected to have... A pretty obvious answer. I think most of us probably expected to have a pretty clear-cut answer by the end of this film. Unless I'm interpreting it wrong, or 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 I didn't see something properly. I don't exactly know what the future is. It's kind of up in the air for me. Obviously, James Gunn and Peter Safran knows, but to me, I don't know. So, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure. Okay. 
Yeah, so really good film. Honestly, there's really not much I can say. You know, there was a lot of talk from a lot of people that this is the greatest superhero film of all time. Never thought that was going to be true, and I don't, you know, I don't blame the people who were involved in the making of this film to, to say things like that. I don't think anybody should be surprised. I think who who's going to shit on a movie that they're in? Even if they know it's bad, you know, it's very rare you hear people come out, especially before the film has come out, and said, ah, I'm not too confident in this one, I just did it for a payday. Obviously not. So, was I surprised that, you know, James Gunn and, and everybody in Hollywood, Tom Cruise even said he watched the film and, like, loved it. No, I'm not surprised. I mean, if you got skin in the game and, and, and there's there's a real, uh, you know, benefit to this film doing well if you're like involved in some capacity i don't i mean i'm not surprised if you if you want to go around saying that this is the greatest superhero film of all time i never thought for a second it was because i think that's just ridiculous i uh, like yeah but it is still very very good and you know i watched chris stuckman's review on this film and he brought up a very good point and I'm paraphrasing what he was saying, but he, he basically said that film reviews nowadays and critics, there there's a lack of nuance when it comes to these reviews for superhero films. It's either the film has to be the greatest of all time or it's terrible and there's no in-between. There's no conversation in-between there. Sorry, there's some guy and his fucking mechanical asshole going down the street trying to fucking keep everybody up. Anyways... Yeah, and, and I thought that was a really interesting point, and, and I honestly agree with what Chris was saying, because I, I see everybody saying, you know, this isn't the greatest comic book film of all time, and and, and they're talking as if, like, just because it isn't, it's, it's like a terrible film. No, it's not. Who really thought that this was going to be the greatest comic book film of all time? And at the end of the day, the whole greatest of all time thing is just a subjective, arbitrary argument. It really doesn't mean shit. There is some somebody out there on this planet of 7 billion people that probably thinks fucking, I don't know, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is the greatest comic book film of all time, right? At the end of the day, there is no right or wrong answer. So... I don't know. It, I just—it was a really interesting point. Not to reiterate somebody else's point, but I just thought it was—it was kind of thought-provoking to say the least. So, yeah, I think that's gonna wrap up my review for the Flash. I really enjoyed it. I'm definitely gonna check it out again, and I encourage you to as well. Definitely see it in the theater. I saw it in 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 Canada. We have IMAX and Ultra AVX. I didn't see it in IMAX because let's be honest, most films in IMAX aren't really IMAX. And I doubt this film was shot in IMAX. You pretty much just go for the aspect ratio. So for me, I was fine going to see it in the Ultra AVX, which I guess is like the, the Dolby Atmos here in Canada. And I actually really enjoyed it. The sound was fantastic. Like I could feel that shit in my fucking feet when, you know, the all the, all the sound of the film. So yeah, that's my review. If you want to call it that of The Flash pretty quick, I mean... I, I don't have the energy to, to talk about this film for two plus hours unless I got somebody sitting across from me to bounce off of. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much going to wrap up the episode. Quick thoughts on Extraction 2. So, <laughs> I don't want to be too harsh on this film, but 
it, fuck it, I'll just be honest with you, I thought this film was terrible, I thought it was absolutely terrible, and it sucks, because I really liked the first Extraction for what it was, I thought it was a fun action film, extremely well choreographed, really good set pieces, the director Sam Hargrave, I think is his name, uh, very notable history in Hollywood, working as a primary stunt director on a lot of the Marvel film, or excuse me, uh, stunt stunt man, excuse me, on a lot of the Marvel films, and I think he was, he's was he been a second unit director on a lot of different action films, so this guy has, has an eye for how to shoot some of these fight sequences, and you could definitely tell that in this film, I won't say, like, there are some some cool fight scenes in Extraction too. I won't completely write this film off. There, it certainly has its moments. I think there's a really cool scene where um, uh, Tyler, the the character that Chris Hemsworth plays, he sets up a grenade that's tied to an elevator. So then, when the elevator gets to the to the top floor and it opens, it automatically like there's like a, a grenade attached, so it automatically gets you know detonated when the when the elevator doors open and there's a scene in a prison and you know chris hemsworth character is trying to extract uh this woman and her child who's i guess his uh his his sister-in-law technically and he's trying to you know escort her out of this prison and he's kind of just going one by one through all these inmates and that was an entertaining scene so there are some moments but overall i just thought this film was terrible i thought the writing was horrible the dialogue was just i didn't care for any of the characters except for chris hemsworth and yeah that's just my opinion i i've seen a lot of the discussion about this film i seem to be in the minority if you love this film, good on you. I totally respect your opinion. I just thought the first film, the first Extraction, was far better and more entertaining. And I cared more about the characters in that film than I did in this film. I know there's there's returning characters. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think, for me, my biggest complaint was the writing. And, uh, and I think this film was too long as well. I think this probably could have been like an hour and a half, hour 45. I think this is just over two hours. A little bit too long for me. Uh, yeah, those are my thoughts on Extraction 2. Wasn't the biggest fan of this. Uh, but it is what it is. I mean, Chris Hemsworth, he's, of course, he's great. And uh, and no complaints with him. And like I said, there's some moments. But overall, I didn't like this film that much. I think that's going to wrap it up. There will be a Wednesday episode, as always. And I think moving forward, this will be either the last Sunday episode or I will do one more, but I want to switch up the schedule of the podcast. I'm going to start doing them more throughout the week. I'm probably going to switch the schedule to have a Monday episode and a Friday episode. Right now, we're doing Wednesdays and Sundays. Uh, just for the channel, I think there's more to discuss when the episodes are during the week. I know it's only two episodes, but I find when I do the episodes on Sunday, there's just nothing going on. There's just really not much to to, to talk about, to be honest with you. The Wednesday episodes are fun. There's always things to, to kind of go off of. And this this episode's kind of an exception because I just saw The Flash two days ago. So I wanted to, you know, give myself a few days to, to sort of process the film and, uh, and collect my thoughts. So, yeah, moving forward, it's probably going to be Mondays and Fridays. But anyways, everyone, if you stuck around for this long, I know it was a kind of a shorter episode because I really it was just just pretty much about the Flash, and I can only really talk about one movie for so long without feeling like I'm losing my mind. So, anyways, that's gonna wrap it up. Thank you, everybody. Signing off. I'll see you on the next one.